Woo. Glory to God. Son, hallelujah. Man. <laughs> Son, I'll tell you what. Good God, I feel a breath from another world. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you, man of God. I, I was thinking, man, I, I came in here. I flew in here. I, I've, been, I've been here for so long. I don't know when I came. Uh, I think it was yesterday. Uh, <laughs> flew in here and preaching. This is my uh, second time getting back. And I said, Lord, these men preach everything. The only thing I got to preach is the maps. Amen. And, uh, <laughs> but I, uh, I had a preacher friend of mine, and he and I used to share sermons at the, uh, on Mondays what we preach, you know, after Sunday morning, Sunday night. And I'd share it, and I told him what I preached. So back years ago, I preached a message on, you ain't seen nothing yet. That's what I preached on right in the new year, you know. And so I had to preach in the Bible conference in Charlotte. He said, what you going to preach over in Charlotte? I said, I'm thinking about preaching that message. You ain't seen nothing yet. He said, don't shoot that one. I said, why? He said, man, I preach that to our people Sunday night. And said, <laughs> and said they're going to be there. They need to hear something different. <laughs> so he told me a story. He told me about an old preacher and a young preacher sitting beside each other in the church. You know how it is when it's time to preach, man. I've been preaching now. Uh, I've been saved 40 years, but I've been preaching for 39. And still, every time I get up, you know, the biggest thing you don't want to do is miss God. And, uh, and so uh, he, this young preacher, this is his first time preaching, never preached before. And so he got up and he was nervous as he could be. And, he's, and so he said, after this, after this lady sang this song, I said, Brother So-and-so going to come preach. And oh, he said, oh, Lord, he looked, oh, God, he said, I have left my Bible, I ain't got no message, I ain't got nothing. Oh, he said, hold it, man, just hold it. So said, look, take my Bible, it's 66 books. I said, God, will give you something. He went up there shaking and said, oh, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do. He ran, he saw an old preacher's outline. Man, he preached that outline. I mean, glory came down and heaven filled his soul. He came back and handed the Bible to the old preacher and said, man, thank you, man of God. You don't know you was a ram in, uh, in, the, in the thicket, man. He said, thank God for ramming the bush. And the old preacher looked at him with a stern look. He said, man, did you know what you just done? He said, what did I do? He said, you just preached my sermon. And he said, I'm preaching next. The old preacher looked at him. He said, don't worry about a 66 book. God will give you something. <laughs> I want God to give me something. <laughs> I'll tell you this and we'll preach. I know some of you have been, this has been a long day and, and I'm going to jump in here and preach in just a moment. But you heard about uh, the young, uh, the, uh, I said the old preacher was out of town. He couldn't find his church before we had GPS. He's out of town. He's trying to find his church. He rode around and around, couldn't find the church and finally, a young guy was riding along in the bicycle. He rolled windows down and said, hey, young man, come here for just a minute. The guy came up. He said, I'm trying to find the church. Told him the name of it. He said, go down to the corner, make a left. I said, church right on the left. He said, man, thank you for that. He said, look, I'm preaching tonight. And he said, I don't be telling people how to get saved and how to get to heaven. He said, why don't you come and uh, let me show you. Let me show you what the Bible said tonight. <laughs> the old guy on the bike said, I think I'll just, I'll take a rain check on that. He said, why? He said, man, you can't even find the church. I know you can't tell me how to get to heaven. 
Get your man. <laughs> he couldn't find the church. Well, how many glad you saved tonight? Say amen. amen. I want to thank you. I really do. I was on the, on the board back some years ago at Piedmont Bible College as one of the trustees in Winston-Salem back years ago. And Dr. Wilbert asked me one day, and me and another black pastor was the only two uh, trustees on the board, and he said, well, I still want to ask you something. We've had a closed meeting. He said, we've been trying to reach in the black community to no avail. He said, could you give us some insight? I said, well, Dr. Wilbur, I said, it's like this. I said, you know, God created all of us and gave us an instinct that when you walk among a place, have you ever been, you know, you walk and you get a sense something's not right. I said, God, give us that instinct. And I said, if a black man walks in a predominantly uh, white congregation, you don't have to say a word. He can tell when they're being received or being rejected. I said, so can a white man that walks in a predominantly black congregation. And I want to say to you tonight, I've been here with you for two days, and I can truly say, I, in this place, I feel like I'm right at home. And I want to thank you for that. I feel like I'm in a church that believes Jesus died for everybody and not just somebody. Well, let's go ahead and grab a Bible tonight. Thank you for uh, the food. Thank you for the fellowship. Thank you for the room. Thank you for everything that you've done for us and getting us here and pray that God will just give us a safe journey back. But look at Joshua chapter 14. The book of Joshua chapter number 14. Chapter 14 and verse number 7. Yes. Hallelujah. Joshua 14 verse 7. Let's stand together out of respect of the word of God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. The Bible said, <laughs> in verse number seven, the Bible, here's Joshua, Caleb speaking, listen to him now. Caleb said, 40 years old, when I was with Moses, when Moses served with the Lord, sent me from Cadiz Benir to expire the land. And I bought him again word according as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land wherein thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance. Thy children and thy children forever, because thou hast wholly Follow the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 40 and 5 years, even more, uh, uh, even since the Lord spanked the word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I'm this day fourscore and five years old. And as yet, I'm as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so my strength now. For war, both to go out and to come in. Now here, I want you to see. Now therefore, give me this mountain. Well, the Lord spake up in that day. But I heard us how the Anakins, how that the Anakins were there, and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be the Lord will be with me, 
that I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. Mm. And Joshua blessed him and gave Caleb the son of Jephthah, Hebron, for his inheritance. Look back at verse number 11. Caleb said, as yet, I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now, both for war, both to go out and to come in. Mm. <laughs> I was over in Nassau, the Bahamas, preaching, and they, they got me to come. They don't want you to come one day. I was over there preaching, and, and I told them, I said, Brother, I'm a pastor. But look at my, we, know, we understand, man, but I want you to come. And want you to stay for us, man. And you know what they say, well, we come on, Brother Steve. So I go over, man, and, and I preach. And we had 30 people saved while I was there. And that Friday, uh, they, I was staying with Brother Glenn Cartwright. And he said to me, he said, look here, Brother Steele. He said, man, why you preach them short sermons? He said, Pastor, preach an hour. He said, do you come to bring it on? I said, you're about to kill me, man, already. So tonight, I'm going to try to bring it on. Amen. So, hey, I'm going to preach you on this subject. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Man, I'm telling you tonight, all this great preaching that God sent this way, all this great singing, don't get distracted. You'll get it. Father, thank you. While hearts have already felt and our ears have heard this night, you're such an amazing God and a great Savior. There's nobody like you, Jesus. And I realize every day that I live that, Lord, you don't have to have me, but I sure got to have you. Would you walk over this place and throw your weight around? Lord, I pray that maybe one slipped in here. I don't know you as Lord and Savior. I pray, God, they'll walk out different the way they came in. Uh, Father, may they came in lost, but they'll walk out saved. Maybe somebody walked in here defeated, they'll walk out here in victory. God help us all to walk out here different than the way we came in. Not because of me, but all because of you. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> mm. Lord, have mercy. Whew. I feel, I got to, hey, I got to take it easy. We got some work to do tonight. I'm going to try to take it easy. But you know the happiest crowd? In the world tonight ought to be those of us that are saved by the grace of God. Do you believe that tonight? I said the happiest crowd in the world tonight ought to be those of us that are saved by the grace of God. You said, preacher, still, what have I got to be happy for? Well, let me tell you this. You ought to shout that you're not going to hell. Amen. Hey, I'll tell you what. I, you ought to thank God tonight I, that, you, that God woke you up another day. I, you ought to thank God tonight that you can take your own bath. You ought to thank God tonight that you can brush your own teeth. You ought to thank God tonight that you can feed your own body. You ought to thank God tonight you can drive your own car. And you ought to thank God tonight that your name is recorded in heaven. I'm a witness in the house. Listen to me tonight, my brother. One of the greatest tools of the enemy is distraction. As he loves to take that which you care about the most and use it as a weapon against you. 
As you listen to me tonight, the greatest tool of the enemy, one of his tools, is distraction. And he used that that you care about the most as a weapon to distract you. He'll use your children. He'll use your mate. He'll use your house. He'll use your car. He'll use your business. He'll use your ministry. He'll use whatever it I just to get you distracted. But what you and I are going to have to learn tonight is how to live in two worlds. And let me show you. Hey, in Hebrews chapter number three, the Bible said the worlds. I, we don't. We read that and say world. It's got an S on it. Hebrews eleven three said the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that which does appear, it's not made out of that which is seen. And the Colossians one fifteen said that God created everything. Thing, the visible and the invisible. Now watch this. I'm going to show it to you. Let me have a couple of men up here. I want you to see what I'm talking about. Come in for just a minute. I want you to see. Here's what you're going to have to do. You better come on because I'm about to have a spell. <laughs> I'm trying to take it easy. Now, stand over here on this side, Matt. Now, he can stand over here on this side. Now, I want you to watch this. The Bible said, God, I created everything. He created the visible, that that you can see. And then God created that which you, you can't see. There's a world out here that you can see. And then there's another world back here that you can't see. And the world that you can see was made out of what you can't see. I said, the world that you made, what you can see, was made out of a world that you can't see and God wants you and I to know tonight you see the devil wants you and I to live right here wants to live by what we can see but he don't want with us to know there's another world that you can't see and what you don't know is the world you can see uh, the world is made from a world that you can't see and see what you can see according to second Corinthians 4 and what you can see is temporal but what you what you can't see is eternal am I right about it church <laughs> now come here <laughs> don't you remember that what you can't see controls what you can't see. Don't you remember when Jesus was out in that ship and boy, that, they was going round and round and round in the storm and they woke him up and said, what we gonna do? And he stepped out and he didn't look down and say, be still. He looked up and say, hey, and he said, peace. And why? Because that what you can't see was controlling what you can see. And he said, peace. And then he said, be still. What well, I want you to know tonight, you cannot let the devil get you live right here in this world but you got to realize that's what you can see it's controlled by what you can't see Do I got a witness in the house say amen right there thank you man now watch this I want to show you wow this Caleb 85 years of age oh we come to our text tonight Caleb is 85 years of age He's listening, and he's standing now where he stood 40 years ago. He stood where he's talking about right now. 
But let's back up for just a moment. Don't you remember that 45 years before he ever stood over there? Don't you remember how that Joshua sent out in Numbers 13? Uh, he sent out the 12 spies that go spy out the land of Cadiz Barnea. And boy, when Joshua and the 12 came back, they said, Joshua, and they said, hey, Moses, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in Numbers 13. Verse 26 through 33. I said, hey, Moses, it's just like God said. That land flows and with milk and it's full of honey. And they said, look, I want you to know that we got the evidence right here in our hand. How we got, hey, how we got the grapes and we got the bananas. How we got it all right here in our hands. It's just like God said. And they said, hey, let's go get it, boys. Wait a minute. But them 10 spies, they said, you remember, preacher, those 10 spies said, hey, y'all better hold up, boys, before you jump too high. There's some giants over there. I'm talking about Anakin's. Hey, boy, they way up there. And Joshua and Caleb said, hey, hey we don't care about no giants. Let's go do what, get, get what God gave us. Hey, we're going to get distracted by no giants. God said, let's go get it. Let's go get it. Watch this. And they said, hey, we got the evidence right here. And they said, we ain't, oh, y'all can go. But we ain't doing that. But Caleb said, I tell you, y'all can do what y'all want to do. But while I was over there, God showed me a mountain. I'm going to get my mountain. I don't care how many giants that's over there. I'm going to get my mountain. I know some people sitting here right now. I'm not walking in your destiny because of some giants that the enemy's put in your life. I'm telling you right now, Hillcrest, I want to really preach to you tonight. Because listen, are you facing a giant that's in your life? But oh, why in the world would you doubt a God at this time in your life? When you're holding the memories and you're holding the promises and seeing what God's already done. The same God that was back then is the same God right now. If God did it before, he can do it again. I'm a witness in the house. Say amen right there. <laughs> but there was three things that Caleb did. <laughs> and he got his mountain. Caleb said this, whenever, <laughs> he said, y'all can do what y'all want to do. But Caleb said, notice verse 7 and 8 of Joshua 4, 14. Caleb said, 40 years old was I when to serve with the Lord. I sent me from Cadiz Benir to expile the land. I bought him word again as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I holy Father, the Lord, my God, Caleb said, I, I remember it was 40 years ago. And when I stood there and said, that crowd, I tried to distract me. But he said, there's three things. At the reason I got my, I, I got my mountain. Because number one, I want to say to you, never let go of the promise. Never let go. He never let go of the promise. I can't have never let go of the promise. He said, 40 years of age was I when we went out to spy out the land. And he 
Jesus said there were some people uh, that, hey, uh, that caused the heart of the people to melt. Uh, he said, but look, I had the promise of God in my hand. And long, I don't care what nobody said, I've already been there. I got God's promise. I'm going to hold on to the promise. And when God promises something, he's not a man. And he's a lie. Or the son of man. He had to repent. If God said it, he meant what he said and said what he meant. I'm a witness in the house. Say amen right there. Now listen, I want to show you something. I need a husband and a wife. Come up here. If you're married, come up here for just a minute. I need, can I get a volunteer? I ain't got to do nothing crazy. Y'all come here for just a minute. I got two right here. Y'all come on up. Yeah. I want to show you something. Now, let me have your ring. I'm going to give them back. I promise you. Now, not just hers. <laughs> but watch this. Now, brother, what's your name? First name. What is it? Ronnie? And yours? Rachel. Rachel. Whenever Ronnie and Rachel met, what happened was there came a day he looked at her and said, I love you. And he got down. I don't know if he got on one knee. I don't know how you did it, but you got down and said, would you be my wife? And she said, I will. And take those rings and you just give her and just put the rings back on the finger. During that time, he just put on the engagement ring and stuck her. You know what that ring is, brother? That's a promise. He put a promise on her hand. And so some other men may have came by and said, Rachel, you sure are fine, girl. Oh, Lord. I'm a and you know what Rachel did? Rachel took her hand and said, you see that right there? Yeah. Now, she wasn't even married yet, but she had the promise that she's going to be married, and she's walking around like she's already married, holding her hand up and said, child, you see that right there? Yeah. She ain't married yet, but she got a promise that she's going to get married. And you may not be where you want to be yet, but you got a promise in the Word of God. If God said something, you got to stand with the promise. You may not have the turnaround yet. Your child may not be saved yet. Your husband may not be saved yet. Your wife may not have it saved yet. Your miss may not be where it ought to be yet. But if God has already given you a promise, let's go ahead and hold your hand up and show the devil I've already got a promise. Somebody help me in the house. Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 2 Corinthians 1 20 for the sake of time the Bible said all of God's promises in him are yes and amen all of God's promises are yes and amen Numbers 23 19 God said I'm not a man I should lie I'm the son of man I should repent have I not spoken it did I not said it I can make it good and so I've already got a promise I remember back years ago when I was at a little storefront building with those 15 children and five ladies. My pastor was a graduate of the Tennessee Simple Schools. And, and so he would take me around to all these like buildings like you got here. I mean, I, here I am, a little old building and a storefront and, and a linoleum floor like I told you. And here I am. And, and I'm going, he'd bring me these big old nice places like this. And boy, I'm telling you, I'm crying. I'm saying, God, it ain't fair. They got this big old nice place. Here I am on two nickels to rub together and I don't have nothing but God gave me a promise he gave me Proverbs 28 20 that a faithful man shall abound with blessing 
I grab a hold of that verse and I still hold that verse today. I grab a hold of that verse and I locked up in it and I began to hold on to it. I, in the midst of what I had to deal with, in the midst of my storms, I knew I may not be where I want to be yet, but I got a God that made me a promise. He said, if I be faithful, I will abound with blessing. God said, let's hang on to it, son. Hey, hey. Hey, he said, you might not have it yet, and that's coming a day that you're going to see what I've been telling you. Now, let me tell you something tonight. I may not be there yet, but thank God. I got a God. I don't have to wait till I get there. I go ahead and shout and praise God now, because if God said it, it's already done. Am I right about it? <laughs> I'll tell you, here's what our problem is. <laughs> Caleb, my brother wouldn't let go of the promise. But number two, here's what our problem is. <laughs> he wouldn't give up in the process. See, that's the process. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he didn't give up in the process. Look at verse 8 of Joshua 14. Caleb said, Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me, they made the heart of the people melt. But I holy follow the Lord my God. He said, a lot of people went up, but they, they gave up in the process. But he said, I ain't going to let go of the promise, and I ain't giving up in the process. Hey, let me tell you something. There's a lot of people like to distract Hillcrest and say, hey, uh, this church is going down. This church is not going to make it. But the devil is alive. Uh, this church was not built by the hand of a man. This church was built by the hand of God. And whatever God turns, somebody help me now. And whatever God. My brother, when God turns something on, the devil can't turn it off. I said, when God turns it on, hey, I don't care how hot it gets, or how cold it gets, there's a God that controls the thermostat. He knows how to turn it up. He knows how to turn it down. Don't give up in the process. Somebody help me now. I want to show you something. <laughs> you say, well, all that stuff you got that bag. <laughs> I want to show you something. Yes. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Go. Come here. I was at home. And I noticed something, preacher. I got a potato. I got an egg and a tea bag. Let me tell you something, bro. You can I took this potato. I didn't take this specific one, but at home. I took a potato. I turned the water on and started boiling it. I noticed something. When you boil a potato, it get, the more you boil it, the softer that it gets. I noticed when you boil an egg, the egg gets harder the more harder you boil it. I noticed something about the tea bag. The more, I don't care how hot you get, the tea bag never changes. It just, it push out what it's got on the inside. It just changed the culture of the water. Somebody help me. <laughs> Let me tell you something. As you go through it, when you leave here, I'll tell you something. I'm not going to be one to stand up and tell you because you've been in Bible conference all week long how that you're not going to face no trials, that you're not going to face no tough times, that the battle's not going to be raising. The truth of the matter is you might go through some fire, but that fire can do two, three things to you. It can make you hard. Hard and bitter like the egg. Well, you said, I'm quitting. I'm giving up. And you said, I'm sick of it. The same old thing, you get hard and you get bitter and you just want to throw in the towel. Or it can make you soft like this potato. And you said, I've had enough. I'm sick and tired. I've been sick and tired. I've been sick and tired. I've been sick and tired. And you'll give up. Or you can be like this tea bag. 
Hey, if you lost the tea, don't never lose, leave the bag. Every time you heat it up, it just keeps spewing out. But it's got on the inside. And what I stop by to tell you, that's a greater God that's on the inside of you and what you face on the outside. And you ought to be like that tea bag. Whatever the pressure comes on you, let out of you. What God's already put inside you. Somebody help me up in here. Don't give up. He wouldn't give up in the process. He held on to the promise. Wouldn't give up in the process. And number three, I give you this and I'm done. If you hold on to the promise, you say, I don't have no promise. Yes, you do. <laughs> you say, watch what I got. Well, my brother said it a little bit earlier. <laughs> can, I, can I have a commercial right here? I'll be done in just a minute. Hey, hey, whoa, hey, come here, bro. Let me help you. Preacher, can I tell you something that'll help you? Let me tell you something. You and I, you and, you and all of us, we end up with spiritual bus drivers anyhow. You know, when you drive a bus, people, they get on, and then people, they get off. And you don't get paid for who, for who gets on get off. You get paid for who's driving the bus. And the devil makes you think. They say, you'll be shouting, whoa, somebody got on. And you'll be crying, whoa, they God, they cry, they got off. I, well, I've, been, I've been in New Life I, for 36 years. I've seen them get on. I've seen them get off. I've seen, I, when they come on, it's the greatest church I've ever seen in my whole life. They get off. Bless God, this place make me sick. I tell you, bless God, I, I hate ever met you. And they'll come on. One way, they'll get on. Hey, and you'll be sitting somewhere crying. But I stopped by the tag tonight. I don't get paid for who gets on. I don't get paid for who gets off. It ain't even my bus. It's God's bus. He said, upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will prevail against the church of the living God. Somebody help me in here. <laughs> Hold on to the promise. <laughs> Caleb said, uh-uh. <laughs> no. I don't care what y'all saying. I ain't seen my mountain I don't care. We got giants. I don't care. I got a promise. God just made me a promise. Hey, look where you got to go to get there. That's all right. When I get there, I know what's waiting on me when I do get there. Yeah. Your wife, maybe your wife can be cooking supper. You can be outside. Your supper ain't outside. Your supper's in the kitchen. I promise you because you know, you can smell it. You can smell that chicken. You can smell it. You know, we Baptist preachers love chicken. You heard about the preachers was that he had, he's about like me. So I used to have, when I was younger, I used to have a six pack and now I got a keg, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get it on. <laughs> but heard about the preacher's Arkansas and Texas game. And he was sitting in front of a guy behind a guy. And every time one of his team would do something, he'd jump and say, whoa! And knock the guy in front of his heart, hat off his head. And old boy said he got sick of that every time. Whoa! Knock his hat off. He put his hat back on. He turned around and said, I have you to know that you're going to get that beer stomach out of my, out of my head. He said, I'm a Baptist preacher. I have you know that. He said, get that chicken sermon cemetery out of my head then. 
<laughs> a whole lot of dead chickens in there. <laughs> but watch this. He held on to the promise. He didn't give up in the process. And God will turn your yet into your now. He'll turn your yet into your now. Look back in Joshua chapter 14. <laughs> the Bible said, <laughs> he'll turn your yet into your now. Look at verse 10. Caleb said, and now. Uh-huh. And now. Somebody shout now. <laughs> he said, and now. Behold, the Lord has kept me alive as he said. There's the promise. As he said. These 45 years, as he said, these 40 and 5 years, even since the Lord spanked this word unto Moses while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, I'm this day, four score and five years of, I'm 85 years of age. A score is 20. And he said, verse 11, I as yet, I am as strong this day. As I was in the day that Moses sent me, as my strength was then, even so is my strength now. Somebody say now. <laughs> For war, both to go out and to come in. Now. Say it again. Say now. Therefore, give me this mountain. Well, the Lord spake in that day. But I heard how the Anakins were there, how that the cities were great and fenced. It shall be the Lord be with me. I shall be able to drive them out. Caleb said, the reason I got my promise, the reason I got my mountain, I, he said, because God gave me a promise. And God said, hey, he said, listen, my brother, in Acts 5, verse number 38 and 39, the Bible said, when Gamaliel was preaching and they was trying to get Gamaliel. I said, uh, he was a Pharisee. He stood up and told the crowd of beating the apostles, said, leave him alone. Acts 5, 38, he said, if this work of this cancer build men, I, he said, it will come to naught. But if it's not, if it's of God, I, you can't overthrow it unless you find yourself fighting against the holy God. If Hillcrest and this work was the works of men, I, then it would come to naught. But if this works of God, you can't overthrow it unless you find yourself fighting against a holy God. I told you tonight what God wants you to know. And if you grab a hold to the promise and go through the process, I tell you, God will turn your yet into your now. Caleb said, I'm over there was yet, but over here, I'm walking in my now. And God said, I got a promise. I went through the process. Now I'm walking in my now. Watch this. <laughs> Preacher, I got to quit. I said, uh, uh -huh. watch this. <laughs> God knows ever since we started the ministry, bro, I've had one goal in mind. I wanted to exalt the Savior, see the sinner. Our theme at New Life is to, is to reach the lost. We want to reach the lost. We want to teach the found and send the taught. Reach the lost, teach the found, and send the taught. That's what we want to do. I'm going to tell you something. Last year, not this year, but last year, over a thousand people came to know Christ through the ministry. And then this past year, it was over 800. And already so far this year, to God be the glory, over 400 and some people been saved since the first of the year. To God be the glory. Why? Because I found out something. 
that if I would just hold on to the promise and go through the process, that God would turn your yet into your now. Mm -hmm. Listen, I never did this one time, preacher. And I promise you, I, I, he'll have to come out of heaven and talk to me about this one. Then, But we got 13 acres of land where we're at right now. And uh, right on Interstate 85. You can just come off the interstate, come right into the church. But watch this. When I bought that, we got that land. I didn't have no money to buy no land back years ago. And, uh, and uh, a preacher, some of you may know him, named Richard Horn. He's in heaven now. Pastor Landis Baptist Church. They're in Landis. And Preacher Horn, me and I, God put us together. Talking about being together, knitting together. He and I was team. He crazy. I never forget me and him winning. We went in the McDonald's together. He used to call my house. He'll call your house five o'clock in the morning and sing it. And, and I said, Preacher Horn, the phone ring. He called call, call and say, and he on there talking about, what a day it will be. I said, Preacher Horn, what you, what are you doing? He said, I'm over here at the hospital, Brother Tommy. I'm over here visiting my people over here. Get out of that bed. I said, <laughs> but show sure how crazy it was. Me and him went to McDonald's together. He looked at the lady behind. He's white, brother. He looked at the lady behind the thing. He said, ma'am. I am the Grand Dragon of the KKK. <laughs> this man is the head of the NAACP. And we're shaking hands together. So how are we doing that? She said, I have no idea. <laughs> he said, it must be the grace of God. That's kind of crazy he was. But this man had a heart for God. I was waiting for it checked out. Last thing he said before he left is, I love you, brother Steele. Alzheimer's dementia got him and he just went down and wife called me and, 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 and she said, Preacher Steele, he's, he, you better come. I went to his house, he lay in the bed. He said, he ain't gonna say nothing. I said, Preacher Horn. I hold loud. I said, it's your so, so loud mouth friend. I said, hey, I want you to know I love you. And he said, I love you too, Brother Steele. And that's the last thing he said. He checked out and went into glory. But watch this. <laughs> we was trying to buy that land and I, I had... During this time, brother, I got to tell you this real quick. I got to hear it. But uh, I'm going to wrap it up, okay? <laughs> but let me tell you something. But I, I told my secretary on Sunday night, because we had to pay $12,000 down on the land and to get it. And I, I ain't going to tell you the real estate, because it might be in there when that happened. That's been, that's been 36 years ago, though. But <laughs> I, said, I said, I can't lose that land. Because I went out there and walked on it. and said, God going to give it to us. I said, write a check for $12,000. She said, preacher. $12,000? We ain't got no $12,000. I said, I can't lose that land. I said, write a check. She said, you know what? You're going to jail. Uh, <laughs> Lord, have mercy. She said, your name going to be on the front phase of the paper, and you're going to have you just like that. <laughs> I walked in, and because try, I tried to get people. I said, borrow money, whatever, on Wednesday night. They took up $4,500 that Sunday in that little crowd, and they borrowed money, went to the planes, and I said, we $8,000 short, brother. And I took this check and gave it to this man on Monday, because he said, I got to have it in Monday. I gave it to him, and all I could see in my mind was you going to jail. I could see the cuffs. I seen it all. And you're talking about watch and pray. Doc, I ain't, I, hey, I ain't slept a week that night, because I knew that check was coming due Tuesday. Well, I, the word got around. We was trying to get it. By the time the nightfall, I was, it was $8,000 I had. But I was $4,000 short. And I don't care what you think about Electrolux vacuum, Electrolux vacuum cleaners. I love them people because there was a family I used to go to church with years ago, called me to their house that morning and said, Brother Steele, come out and we got something for you. 
I went by their house that morning. He said, we sold, I sold more electric vacuum cleaner than anybody in North Carolina. They gave me a big old bonus. They said, we got, I got something for having me a check. I hugged them. I knew that. He didn't know nothing about that check going through at two o'clock. And so I got in the car. I took that thing in the car. I pulled that thing down. It was a check for $4,000. To God be the glory. What I'm simply saying to you is this. I ain't never done that but one time. It's a thin line between faith and foolishness, I tell you. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this, and I'm done. I want you to know tonight. Can I give you another commercial? I promise you. This is it. I want you to know tonight. Well, I can't give it to you because I don't think I bought it. But I want you to know something. Just picture in your mind. For I came to church tonight. I got out my toothpaste and I put some on and brush what I got, bro. <laughs> but I noticed something about toothpaste. Got a brand new tube. I made to bring it so you could see it. I noticed something about it that I could say, come out, come out, come out. It won't move. I got to put it under pressure. As soon as I start putting it under pressure, it start rising. I want you to know tonight, some of you are under pressure. And you feel like you've been squares. But what you got in you, God couldn't get out of you unless he allowed you to be put under pressure. This church is under pressure. But y'all wait and see what God's come out with you. This whole neighborhood and around this country is going to be brushing the teeth with what came up out of y'all. Somebody help me now. 